Hello, and welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. Uh, it's been quite a while since we've recorded an episode. Would we say over three a year? Years. We'll no, go with three years. years. Yeah. Probably seven. This has been two years. Nine? What? Months. How old am I? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we haven't recorded in 12 years. Uh, no, it's it's been over a year, though. Good God. Life gets in well, the way. Well, regardless. Yeah, uh, finds a way. We're back. And we're as bad as we've ever been. I'm just going to go out and say it. I'm your host, Colin Brandon, but I don't feel like a host. I feel like... You can't say that because now the audience doesn't have confidence in you. As a I don't have confidence in myself. Oh, we'll fix that in post. We're going to go around yeah. the table. <laughs> Sitting next to me is... Yeah, it's me, Andrew. And I, Jason. Matt. Ben. And Mark. All right, and today we are talking about, and this is kind of funny, that uh, this is the uh, episode that brought us back together, Star Wars, which was our first. uh, It is a fantasy movie set in the distant past in a galaxy far, far away. Kind of like Star Trek. Why are we talking about fantasy on sci-fi cross-sections? Funny you should say that. I don't know, because it has (laughs) pew-pew lasers and spaceships. Oh, it's funny, though. It hasn't been over a year, because the last time we... I know for sure, probably one of the last times we got together, we talked about that dumpster fire that was Rogue One. He's right. <laughs> that was the last that episode was, we did. <laughs> I think that was... Yeah, that was a year ago, because we've gotten together to talk about things, but I don't know if any of I them... I don't think uh, it got published. Not, it not to say that we to don't... The interwebs. We don't just come together for sci-fi cross-sections. We're all friends, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we We're don't. We don't often record our stupid conversations. Like I haven't seen Funny these people that. in over one year. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> so we're talking today about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. On the left. <laughs> yes, the Last Jedi on the left. Good original yeah. joke. <laughs> it's almost like Mark made a joke and then I took oh. a joke. <laughs> but that's not what it was like at all. That's a good joke. So. This is the uh, eighth episode uh, made for Star Wars. Oh, I was, okay. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> I was like, this hang, is not our eighth hang, episode. No, 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 no. no. But made for Star Wars. no, is that considered a movie, or is that a limited series? I think Disney no, would disagree, released, they, but... they released the first four episodes as a film. Huh. Yeah. No. we count the Christmas special as well? I was about to ask that. They I didn't thought. release the first four episodes as a film. They released a film and then made a TV show. No, no, no. It was originally four episodes. It was fun fact. Netflix, Netflix disagrees. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Actually, no, they don't, because the movie is just the first four episodes of the show. But it's it really separate. was. Lucas saw them and was like, you know, it'd be a great way to make money. We released this as a movie. I think they're titled differently. Oh, you forgot about American Graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> American Graffiti was also a Star Wars movie. Which had Ron Howard in it, who's also directing the Han Solo film. Imagine uh, that. Um, I hate how much these films repeat themselves. <laughs> <laughs> So, what I want to do is, I actually want to go around the table, and we're just going to go with our opening thoughts of the film. That doesn't mean you need to map out what you think the next four films are going to be. 
uh, or what your favorite moments are, the moments that you hated the most. But just give me some overall views of the film, how you felt about it. All right? So I'm going to go around the table here, and I'm going to start with... Let me give him a heads up. Mark, I'm going to start with you. Are you ready? Uh, I loved it. My first my first watch through, I walked out, you know, it was definitely a, a middle child in the trilogy. So you left with uh, not as much of an excitement as, uh, as The Force Awakens left you with. Yeah, Empire left you with, that. with uh, very little I, I, I believe you call that the redheaded child, where, like, <laughs> you're not sure if it's yours, but they're so fucking cool that you're just like, that's my fucking kid. Yeah. But you're not sure. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> welcome to the illegitimate <laughs> children podcast. <laughs> Here's your host Colin and his maybe son. <laughs> Empire really did do the same thing, though. I mean, there was a lot you were excited for, but it wasn't it wasn't the highest of high notes. You know, there's a lot of darkness. To oh, it as okay, well. I get what you're saying. I thought you meant like you weren't you weren't like excited about the movie. Like, no, I, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. You didn't yeah. walk out like ah, woohoo, fun movie. Like I get what you're saying. I'm trying to remember. I'm oh, sorry. Should... I've, I've seen it twice now, so I was trying to think oh. exactly how I walked out of the first viewing feeling. I Overall, I was happy with it. There were a few things that I had mixed feelings on, but definitely enjoyed it even more upon the second viewing. The, um, okay. The only thing that I'm still trying to parse out is the Leia space scene. But Stop that's... that. We'll I get there. We'll get there. Fuel. Don't give them fuel. No, well, no. We'll, we'll get to that discussion uh, later. Uh, I'm going to move over to uh, Ben now. Opening statements, Counselor. The Last Jedi was a good movie. It was very good. Wow. Ben liked a movie? I know, right? <laughs> what is happening? I, Not I was... since Event Horizon has Ben liked a <laughs> damn movie. <laughs> I, don't think you I, like I don't think you liked Event Horizon. You didn't like Event Horizon? <laughs> No, it was refreshing to finally have a good fucking Star Wars movie after two years. I mean... Oh, wow. God knows we didn't have a good one last year. You know what's funny is every podcast that you're on talking about this movie, you have to bring up how much you hate Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One sucked, but The Last Jedi didn't. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, it was really, really good. I enjoyed every single aspect of it. I want to... I actually, if I can, really quick, and I should have had this pre- prepared, but I just thought of it. So if, if are you going to list your complaints about Rogue One? No, 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 no. Because you did that on another I won't podcast. I break the essay out today. I won't break the essay out today. He has a long, long list of what he hates about Rogue One. He's got I'll, subheadings. In fact, I think he's going to he's going to post it on the Facebook page. Yeah, if you I go to Sci-Fi Cross Sections, it's like infinite jokes. on on uh, Facebook. Yeah. No, but someone had post had posted a tweet that I had saw, and I was like, "Wow, this is it entirely." I think the big disconnect I had with the world's reaction, and this isn't true, and we'll talk about this later, but with the with the very um, malignant fan reaction that we've received so far, the biggest disconnect I have with them is that all of The Last Jedi's decisions made total sense to me. I was so down with every story decision and character thing that it didn't read as mind-blowingly subversive. They felt like natural progressions to me. That was at Dominic Fear who said that. And I, I agree. I thought everything just made sense. Like, it was different, and I didn't see it coming for a lot of things, but it all made sense. So, good movie. Excited to talk more about it, but we'll move on. Matt? Okay. When I first left the theater, I was angry. Well, you were one of them. I, I didn't hate the movie, but I felt like I enjoyed half of the stories, 
and the other half felt so frivolous and full of just little gags sure. that it bothered me and I was angry about that and that was the like the emotion I left with but I think I was just in a kind of bad mood right then because as time went on I softened up I liked it when I left but I wasn't sure where it ranked and it was close to the bottom when I was first out of the viewing but now that everything is settled a little bit I think it ranks in the middle I'm a fan of it but okay but I definitely think it has a little yeah. too much fluff for my preference interesting so upon my first viewing my immediate reaction was that I enjoyed it and there were some things that happened in the story that I at first kind of like felt myself disagreeing with but before I was able to kind of reflect on it more and think about it, because it's been roughly a week now since I saw it, and I've only seen it once, um, I appreciate the fact that Ryan Johnson and all the creatives on this movie actually tried to kind of make a ballsy statement and take this canon that's been established for so long and that there's so many expectations from all these multi-generational fans um, and, and try to do something different with it. So I... I think the main thing that I felt that there was a certain amount of like buildup and hype going into the movie and, you know, my own theories I had and thinking I had it all figured out. And that was the thing that upset me. But once I kind of got past that and realized, hey, these are all things in my own head that I thought, you know, was going to happen throughout the course of the movie and they didn't, that actually made me respect the decisions they made even more. So after having a couple days on it, like my initial reaction was that I enjoyed it. Um, but there were some things I was still kind of like iffy on overall. Um, but as time has gone on here and I've thought more on it, I I kind of feel how Ben does. I think that all the decisions they made uh, might not have been the decisions any of us would have made if we had the, you know, uh, sc- you know we, we were the screenwriters and we had it in front of us and we were the ones that were making those decisions. But ultimately, those decisions were made and I think it was ballsy on everyone's part. Moving on to Miller. Yeah. You know, um, I went in, I've only seen it the one time. Um, When I left, I really had enjoyed the film pretty thoroughly. But as I thought more about what I had seen in the days afterwards, I realized I was, there were like parts that I was just like, okay, that's confusing. Okay, the movie was two and a half hours long. What? And then there was just there were just parts that I was just like this didn't need to happen or this could have been done a different way a better way, you know. I didn't hate the movie, but there's a lot that I kind of feel like possibly needs to be answered for. We have a lot more yeah. of the enemy in this group than I thought we did. Well, it's surprising. This is going to be good discussion um, though. Thank For you, once, Miller. I'm defending um, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is new beginnings. New beginnings for sci-fi cross-sections. Uh, going into that movie, I had uh, high hopes, given the director. Um, the fact that he wrote and directed it, I was excited for it. Leaving the theater, I was very pleased. Uh, I'm not going to try to place in the order right now of you know, Star Wars movies. I thought he did a great job. Um... I'd have to say that it took me by surprise at some moments, uh, the way that he decided to do that, but 
if anything, it showed the Force Awakens showed that this was uh, this is Star Wars. Don't worry. Whereas this movie was this is what Star Wars can be. Look forward to this more. That's really what I was expecting, honestly. So, I honestly I would say that leaving the theater, I was pleased, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Well, I think to to put a cap on um, just our first impressions of it, to me that that one uh, line that Kylo says kind of sums up everything following, you know, in terms of the the story of the movie and everything else, and it's really that uh, you know uh, burn the past down. Basically, you know, the the past doesn't matter. Burn it down if you have to. Kill it if you have to. Ooh. And that really feels like kind of the. I almost feel like Ryan Johnson had that on a big post-it note above his, you know, computer <laughs> when he was Probably. doing this whole thing because that really seems to be like the That's tone taking of that this whole project. And thinking about a, f- a few cues from the movie, yeah, it actually that helps mm-hmm. helps paint it in a better light for me. It's actually something a point that I wanted to, to discuss today, which. Uh, I don't really see a spot for this to slip in easily, so I'll just add it in now, I guess. No, there were there were several lines in the movie that felt like several lines of dialogue that felt like they were talking directly to the audience. Oh, absolutely. and that was oh. one of the ones that I was that I really enjoyed. Oh, uh, di- if one thing Disney likes to do nowadays is break stop. the fourth wall. No, Disney has nothing to do with the production of these movies. It needs to stop here and now. Okay. All right. Continue. All right. We're gonna go outside. We'll Sorry, be back Mark, uh, once one of them is dead. <laughs> well, there was another line um, when Ray, Ray, and Luke were were together on that island, where you know they were saying this didn't this didn't go how you expected, or this isn't gonna go how how you expected to go. Ooh. And that was that yeah. was kind of another one that I felt Huge. like was talking Huge. directly to yeah. the audience. It was Ryan really putting cool. an end to fan speculation. Which he yeah. should. Which it, he should. Which is hilarious because we're going to speculate today. And yes. Then, <laughs> and then the last one was... Uh, oh, J.J. Smart, he'll break it too. Oh, was, go ahead. <laughs> the last one was obviously Kylo and, uh, Kylo and Ray talking about Ray's parents. And that, <laughs> that whole diatribe about they're no one. You, like, you have no place in the story... Yeah, this that line really struck out for me. This is Skywalker lineage story. Mm-hmm. They're they're no one. You're just a new character. Oh, you yeah. mean you mean something to us, but you know you don't mean anything to the universe. Uh, previous to this, you know. Sure. I, I actually yeah. yelled at someone about that. I, <laughs> I forget who it was, but I was talking to someone, and they were like, "Well, so I was thinking, Kylo Ren could have easily been lying to her." I'm like, "No, <laughs> she's they're no one." Oh, yeah. but I mean, what if they they're no one? But what if they? They're no one. Stop. <laughs> Yeah. They're no one. They told us. It was like everybody wanted them to be right. like it's all to be neatly bundled up and perfect. And Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. No, Who I, cares anymore? I, it's over now. JJ episode nine. That's the whole point. I, I was talking. It was to, all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody. You know, I think it was today or yesterday, and they said, "Oh, you know, I really liked it." There's two complaints, and he's like, "It was two storylines that I feel like they didn't." Do well or didn't get enough attention to him. and I'm just gonna say right now one was uh, Snoke. We're gonna go into this later, but one was the Snoke storyline. One was Ray, and he was saying that he was kind of disappointed the way they handled Ray's backstory. And I was like, "What are you talking about? The way that they handled it was the best way they could. Is they gave a middle finger and said, "Fuck that. She doesn't have to be related to anyone." Right. And they even they they did explain. Ray's background, they said, as strong as Kylo got, 
the light side would find someone to make that strong as well, and that was right. Ray. That line was in the movie. The reason Ray is the way she is is because the light side needed an outlet. Well, she is the outlet. And I think that that was one of my uh, takeaways. Ryan Johnson's view of Star Wars or view of what he wanted to achieve with this entry in, you know, the series in 2017, what he kind of wanted to do, like we just discussed a minute ago, is almost the uh, the let's burn it all down type thing. And he plays extremely subversive with every expectation, almost to the point where it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it as I was reading a lot of criticism from uh, people that didn't enjoy the movie. It was uh, w- one of the things that I, I read that was really interesting. Um, people were saying it was subversive to the point where it was almost like that subversion became its own archetype. Like, hey, we're going to go against everything you think is going to happen. And like, we're going to literally every single thing you think is going to happen. We're just going to do the opposite of it or we're going to go against it or whatever. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. I don't really feel that way. But pretty much everything in the film that you thought you had pegged you didn't and something else happened and some things there were directions i never would have thought they would have went and other things it was just like oh okay well you know it's just not that thing you know it's they don't matter it was a new person or whatever and i think that's it was refreshing in a lot of ways but also that seemed to be kind of like overall what he was going for i think after yeah to me it was an attempt to in the most obvious storytelling ways to divert from Empire Strikes Back, and then they kind of uh, low-key follow, followed trends from the movie to also kind of throw it back. But the main key points of the story, uh, they tried to pull away from it as much as possible due to all the backlash they got for it just being the same movie as A New Hope, you know. Because there were, there were things that definitely paralleled it. You know, Rey leaving her, her training... With Luke to go save her friends, is the same as Luke leaving the training with Yoda. Like there, there were a few points in the movie that parallel kind of the storytelling aspects from the story, but yeah. at the same time, the major points really diverged as much as possible. And I don't think they totally did it to just be like to be like, oh, we got backlash, so we should just change it. I don't think they care honestly because they know people are going to see it no matter what. True. Like. But I think that was part of the conversation. But I think the bigger part of the conversation is is that it let's tell a fucking interesting story. Yeah. Like like it's interesting now for like I love the Force Awakens, but let's be honest, the Force Awakens isn't that interesting. Well, Nothing really well, happens that's like oh wow I'm intrigued now. It was a I'm reset on the edge button. Of my seat now. It was a reset button if anything. Yeah, that's absolutely. what it was. And I I respect it for that reason. Totally. Um, the best thing that I think to happen to Star Wars is the fact that each every movie has a different writer. I think Kasdan is on a couple films. He did The Force Awakens. He also yeah. is writing the the Han Solo film coming out next year. But aside from that, they all have different writers and different directors. Except for JJ doing number nine, but that's out of necessity. Um that's the best thing that happened to Star Wars. You need to make this bigger. It's a big franchise that has a lot of potential. Too big for one person to oversee, mm-hmm. like George Lucas did for the first six, obviously. I mean, Kennedy oversees it all anyway. She's she she's does. boss lady She child. does, but... She holds the keys to the galaxy. What ha- We saw this with Episode Eight, 
with Ryan Johnson taking the reins, mm-hmm. writing it and directing it, it's the most different Star Wars we've ever seen. Yeah, it, obviously there's the influence of the director, sure, but at the end of the day, it all goes through her. She's got to say yes or no. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, it seems like, though, ultimately to that point, um, that's actually interesting you brought that up because from their perspective, it seems like they're ultimately uh, big fans of what Johnson did. Uh, not only are you know they had nothing but praise for his, I guess, performance um, with the film, but also they've given him you know a new trilogy to work on. They, it's almost like they kind of want, in some ways, him to be like the curator of some of these new stories going forward. So obviously they believe in his direction both in the the movie but kind of where he wants to take it or what what paths he's trying to take the story down okay um i i just want to revisit our our old speculations from the first film what we thought was going to happen in this film um i was very wrong I you, was you, very, well, very well, wrong. <laughs> well, I just want to point out that um, Andrew Miller has not been a part of that first. Um, yeah, it was two episodes. Right. Two episodes. He wasn't here for that. Uh, so I actually want to give him a, a moment to say what he thought was going to happen, and then obviously what happened. We're all going to do that, but I actually want to give him the first uh, go with that. We're going to go around the table at that point. So. Um, Andrew? I'll take it away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I thought that um, Luke was going to be obstinate towards training Ray. Um, I didn't realize that he was going to be that obstinate. Um, but I thought he would have been a sort of like Yoda level of like, you know, uh, I'm going to be, you know, uh, I'm not really going to train you. All right, I'm going to train you. And <laughs> Luke was like that, but throughout the entire training of Ray, he was fighting it. He really just didn't ever while she was on the planet, he was not ultimately interested in training her. He wasn't interested in starting a new generation of Jedi. Just wanted to wallow in his failure. It wasn't until, you know, we saw Yoda's force ghost reprimanding him that he kind of really like got the picture. Um I thought we probably would find out who Snoke was. Um, I didn't really have any ideas. I, you know, it could have been Plagueis, like Back from the Dead. It could have been uh, Palpatine, who didn't really die. Obviously, that is not, you know, who it was. Uh, we I don't mean, know that. We, I mean, no, we, we technically don't know that. But I feel like Plagueis and Palpatine would have kind of seen... Kylo's trick. They saw it. Snoke saw it too. He didn't see it until it was way Snoke too late. Snoke saw it all. He just misread it. <laughs> he just, well, I mean, Snoke, he let it. He he's, said exactly let me, what Kylo Ren was going to do. He's going, let me close my eyes and narrate exactly how you are about to die, Ray. <laughs> let me not use my basic vision sense to look at you twirling your hand. Oh. No, you're. 100% misunderstanding this, right? Oh, no, I, I understand oh. what the point was that he was, like, so cocksure that this is how it was going to go and no. that what was happening disagree, is but... what was happening, but... Talk about it. 
Yeah, talk about it. Well, I just I'll let just, you interject. Just to rebuttal, um, I would like to say that Snoke actually understands. I don't want to go into the expanded universe. In fact, I told everyone here that they can't. However, you did not say I'm just that. Gonna to say me, the ru- I'm just going to say the rule of two. Snoke knew that his apprentice was about to kill him, and he actually was just narrating that happening. Hell no. He did not well, look like Kylo, he was about to Kylo die. Kylo was not ready, and I think that's the big problem with what happened there, as mm. far as in character, not like storytelling wise. I think the big problem with Kylo killing Snoke in the story is that he's not ready for this. And he, he did this out of, out of not calculation, not out of like a Palpatine lust for power. He did this in the classic Sith way of, of pure passion. This was pure, you know what? Mm. I, I have incredible feelings that I don't know how to handle for this girl. And I hate this asshole up here. So I'm going to fucking turn this lightsaber around and kill him. Plus, I thought it wasn't exactly a Sith Master's place to let their apprentice kill him. As much as it is a, it's until you're powerful enough to kill me, you don't deserve to be the Master. Mm -hmm. Right. Not only that, but Kylo Ren is not a Sith by really any stretch. Extremely important distinction. Nope. Then, then you're then Snoke might not be. I then we don't. We Ren, we'll never find out. Ren, we will find out, of course, in the really? expanded universe well, when they continue. Then on I the would story. say that your critiques are valid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, with That's, that with that thought in mind, yeah, your critiques I are valid. Will, I also don't think Snoke's story is over. I think we'll see Snoke in episode. Very nine. fair. If we, I um, I hoped I hope that we do see him in episode nine because I'm gonna be a little bit of an ad, advocate for my friend Patrick who is not here who is really going into the movie wanting to love it and I think he's very disappointed one of his chief complaints is that there is so much expanded universe material that you know you've got your Star Wars Rebels show you've got your um, I know there's another Star Wars animated series no, you've got Rebels right now. it's just Rebels okay, yeah. there was, right now, there was Clone Wars right so it's Rebels you've got Rebels and you've got myriad of comic books and novels and he's just like i don't want to slog through that to find out who finn's parents are you know i don't want to have to like wait for the snoke book to i come also don't to want in snoke. film to know who's finn's parents are like i don't think it matters no because it's that not, doesn't matter it's not point. important to the story <laughs> like i want the They're nobody <laughs> i want the i want the important story beats in the canonical movies like, yeah if we find out who snoke is I want to know, like in episode nine, like that is like a in an episode nine, like wish list item. I hope we find out what Snoke, like who he was, what he was doing, where I mean, he came never from. Found sure, out but who you also... Emperor Palpatine was in the movies. Like that, that was something that was never given to him. Right. I mean, he was. I mean, we saw him rise. We saw him like it's like, hey, he's the senator of this planet. That's but we what never we saw got. His training. That's, we never yeah. saw him meeting Plagueis. No. You're right, and, you're and right. If if we don't get Snoke in episode nine, that's okay too, because then it wasn't important. Yeah. You know, we they have these fans. Have. Oh, but I feel like they, they <laughs> we have these oh. fans who feel like they're owed something, and I don't want to get into this, but fine. Because of your friend Patrick, who I don't like I don't know him, but I don't like him. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> uh, Patrick, you're, Patrick, you're a cool dude. Fuck off man. Um, too loud, too loud. <laughs> That these fans feel like they're owed something, and they feel like they have rights to these properties, and they don't. This isn't yours. This, you don't get to say what happens in Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy 
gets to say what happens in Star Wars. Before that, George Lucas got to say what happens in Star Wars. No one else. No one. Ryan Johnson gets a say of what happens in Star Wars, but does not get the final word on what happens in Star Wars. This idea that fans own property is becoming toxic and is actually hurting Hollywood because of this, because they think they're owed this story when that's not the case. I think Hollywood's doing a good job of hurting themselves. (laughs) Well, I think the way that I viewed the whole Snoke thing, because that was one of my big... I think going into the film, I was one of those proponents of the, like, Snoke is uh, Darth Plagueis. You know, I, I wanted that to happen. I I think that you, was one of you my... You broke it down to, like, the, the music playing during Snoke and the music yeah, well, playing during Yeah, I loved, like, you know, talk of look at all the, like, speculative YouTube videos for the thousands of channels that are out there. And you've got all these people that think they figured it out. And I think it was funny they made a, a meme, like, Ryan Johnson had a, a sticker where it's, your Snoke theory sucks. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. But, I mean, so so that was the thing. Like, going into that, I think... You have to set like what Ben is saying. Kind of riff off of that. Like you have to separate yourself from what your expectations are as a fan and your f- personal fan fiction that you're writing in your head and mm-hmm. what these what the story is. So although I was kind of bummed ultimately that that's the direction they took Snoke, I definitely would say that it surprised me because I never would have thought that that's what would have happened. So I went into that scene in the throne room. Never, you know, in a million years would I have anticipated that is how that scene was going to play out. But then ultimately, I mean, yeah, just like I said earlier, it, it subverted what I think the expectations were. And I think a lot of people can't let that go and just say, hey, they surprise me. That's, you know, a, a thing that's good, I guess, in and of itself, that it, it was a surprise and was handled fairly well. I think a lot of people can't let go of their personal canon and, you know... I mean, it's arguable. I understand why people are pissed off about that. I do. I understand trying to put myself in their shoes and and being somewhat in their shoes, I think, but but being able to let it go, um, I understand. But ultimately, again, I don't think we've seen the last of Snoke. I don't think we've seen the last of his character. I've read some crazy theories already about Snoke um, (laughs) going into episode nine. I'll give you my my craziest theory I've ever come up with at the end later. Okay. But, All right. Uh, yeah. All right. So I would say my my biggest thing, because having left the theater angry, like I said, it was for not for that reason at all. The fact that it completely changed what I expected was my favorite part about it. For sure. That I had no complaints about that. I had no complaints about the Jedi story. I would say it definitely surprised me, and that was a really good thing. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what 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 speculations did you have? It's hard to remember. It's and that's, <laughs> I've been trying to think back at what I was thinking then, and it also changed so much when they started releasing the teasers and all. Because I tried not to get too deep into it because I was afraid of ruining something for myself. But yeah. Even the teasers didn't give anything away. If anything, the teasers reinforced a lot of what people were speculating. Definitely. Which made it so much sweeter when it was different. In fact, there was a point where the trailer was released and people tweeted Ryan Johnson. The first the first official trailer, people tweeted Ryan Johnson. They're like, hey, can we watch this? And he's like, I don't know. But, you know, watch it if you don't really totally care about what, what if you find out. But then he watched it, I guess, because then he tweets, he tweets out the trailer and he goes, never mind. Never mind. You can watch it. You can watch it. So I have to assume that there was a change somewhere between when he saw it and... 
you know, I'm sure he was very much arguing for the de- for the deception. They, they did a very good like watching the movie, and then ha- you know having seen those uh, trailers early on. Very good job. They didn't spoil a thing. Nope, not at all. Not at all. That was great. I will say, I expected a lot more Phasma. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> wait, wait, wait can, we, can we say this? The second movie into this trilogy, no Phasma. Like, nothing. She does not matter to the story she, at all. She, she matters so little, they They're forcing her. it. They're <laughs> forcing her character. Oh, God. I mean, I... I, I, I I have to say, I hope they killed her character just because they've done such a poor job with her character that I don't want them to keep fucking that up. That was I've dumb. Heard, I've heard the expanded is amazing for her, but really, because they made one movie, and I heard like people say that it doesn't even do her justice in the book. Oh, <laughs> that's I've what heard I've heard. Some good things about because there's like a book and some oh. comics, right? I, as far as I knew, there was just a book. I don't think she has any comics. Yeah. Oh, it was I just a book, had, but I even then. Unless she recently did. Even then, I heard it wasn't just her. Like, I heard they even ruined that. Well, Maybe. you do know Phasma was created because Gwendolyn Christie's a, fan, a friend of J.J. Abrams, and he just kind of gave her a part, right? How do you, <laughs> uh, that makes way a new more sense. <laughs> what? They needed a new Boba Fett. That's well, not even gave, true. They, they gave us a new Boba Fett in this. In oh, my God. Guy, but... The uh, but that makes so much sense though, honestly. But does it? That makes sense. It's someone who's really cool. We learn very little about actually, and they just want to know so much more. By the way, we're speaking about Benicio del Toro's character. And no, he's still talking about Phasma. Oh, are you? Because Benicio del Toro's the new the new Boba Fett now. Yeah, oh, that's what I was. Yeah, he's move over Phasma. I'm gonna be Boba Fett now. I think you you started a little too much there. Um, you're not cut out. You're not I'm sorry. I just wasn't sure. You're not being very considerate, but uh, yeah, just letting you know. Now I see like why you asked if I did 300 percent of that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying he went to 50? Um, just because I, I have to get this in here. Um, because I feel like I, I didn't use the opportunity when I was kind of saying my uh, expectations um, going into this. But one thing I do have to give Ryan Johnson credit for because I thought this was a genius scene that almost opened the movie or close to open the movie. And I feel like the level of expectation for me personally, because I think we talked about this in the, the uh, original cast for The Force Awakens, um, that ending scene to me was just, you know, it gave me goosebumps. Like, when Ray walks up the hill and there's, you know, Luke fucking Skywalker, 40 years later, standing, uh, you know, on the hill, it's like, whoa, you know, it was heavy. It was just a heavy moment. And I think, to me, the fact that you replay the beginning of that scene and Ray hands him the lightsaber and he just grabs it and throws it over his shoulder <laughs> and says, go away, or whatever... Part of me was horrified, but the other part of me was like, wow. Overjoyed, yeah. Wow, like they yeah. went there, like he went there, you know. I mean, that's when I knew, okay, this is not going to go how I think it's going to go. I had the biggest grin on my face when that happened. And I yeah, think half the theater probably probably was just, you know, what the hell, you know. That, that really the whole first, really that whole first Luke scene where she kind of follows him about, you know, there's just so much weird stuff going on and just kind of playing with the audience expectation and the build up over the last two years. I mm-hmm. thought that was 
you know, kind of a, a harbinger, if you will, of things to come uh, with the movie. Uh, but ultimately, I thought that was just brilliant because how do you how do you pick that scene up two years later, right? Forty years later, I almost forty years later, expected like, them to just start off the movie with that, and I'm glad they didn't because I think that would have been kind of a rough kickoff to the movie. We always got to start in space, so do you? They've always started in space, haven't they? They have, but do you have to always start in space? I mean, if you ask Ryan, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Burn it down if you have to. So really? The, the, yes, really, do it. If you have to. rotate in space from the the crawl. Like, yeah, but what if they did a Pacific you have Rim to? thing and rotated <laughs> through the ocean... And then we're back in Camino. That's only, <laughs> only going to be for the whole Mon Calamar movie. That's oh, fine. The solo Mon yeah, Calamar. Yeah, the Kit Fisto solo movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you know he's what's, not Mon Calamar. You know what's funny? No, speaking on speculation going man. into the movie water was man. I think we were all speculating based... Because I love the Luke thing. That's the number one complaint for people like Patrick who... Right, who walked in? Can you stop mentioning Patrick? Because you don't Patrick, even know Patrick. Patrick is Bleep now. His name I, he's hey, like Beetlejuice, though. If you say his name the right amount of times, my God! Oh yeah, he's gonna appear on that TV and they come out. He's into though. our neighbor's it's, house. It really is important though, because he and 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 I don't actually dislike you, Patrick, if you're listening. But Patrick is our is we our the viewers, Okay, he's not listening. I guess he's definitely Patrick, not gonna listen. Patrick is our token angry fanboy. And it's it's better than saying. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever met Patrick, but he's definitely not an angry fanboy. He is. definitely is an he angry definitely fan is an boy. Angry <laughs> fan. <laughs> well, I'm saying this based off of his opinion of of that Miller has told yeah. me of the la, of his yes, opinion of the Last Jedi, and so he's our. It's better than saying oh the whiny crybabies, which is what I've been calling them so far. So I'm going to call them Patrick. <laughs> that sounded worse the than real I Pat- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounded worse. The real <laughs> Patricks of the fan base need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is that, like, back to my point, is that is that the Patricks of the fan base were thinking, were up. speculating on The Last Jedi based on how we knew Luke. How we knew Luke from Return of the Jedi, because that was the last time we saw him. Most importantly, they were probably some of them were probably speculating based on how they knew Luke at the end of his life in the well, original expanded universe. Hmm. We forgot that it's been over thirty years, and this dude's different. And How's so that? I found it I, while I was shocked. I found it very believable that he'd throw the lightsaber over his shoulder and say "blah bye." And I was like, "That's crazy!" Blue I, I need like, some he's green milk. Into an old man, blue. He's blue. aged and become it grumpy, more green living on a solar oh, planet Fresh. by himself. It's banthas. That those things weren't banthas. Was it actually green milk? They, no, banthas are oh, blue God. milk. Yeah. Those were oh. quadro titty milk seals. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> I can't. Say can we get a can we get R with a circle around it at that point? Because that is I can't great. To get the quadro titty sea monster fucking action figure, yeah, milk. Okay, seal. so I mean, you, you, I can't wait with to get real some milk. milk guys. They're not. They won't make, be making so, action figures. They're only making blow. You really touched. You really touched upon this with how this compares to the For, the Force Awakens. You started hitting that. Yeah. Um, Jason, I actually want to go back to you because you said something during the screening of this film that we watched you said something to me i'm actually going to tell you what you said just so it might it might help you said i said a lot, I said a lot to you that well, no, you did but you said specifically 
definitely not directed by JJ or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want I want to know your thoughts on so Adam Driver's got some sweet packs. <laughs> it's not all he had that was sweet, but uh... <laughs> uh, he had a sweet heart. <laughs> Those earlobes. Um, no, Jace. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on how you feel this movie compares to The Force Awakens. Well, we kind of touched on it already, but I think that's the... For me, when I watched The Force Awakens, uh, I was swept up in it just like everyone else. My thoughts at the time, and, and even thoughts I've had since that movie two years ago now, are still remain positive. I like The Force Awakens. I think it's a, a good film. I like what it did for... Star Wars, it kind of revitalized it. It brought it into a, a new era um, and brought a lot of new fans into it. That being said, and I think we've all picked that to death and you know other uh, critics have picked it to death, that overall, The Force Awakens is very safe. And it didn't really do much, in my opinion, to bring anything new to the table. The Last Jedi, whether you like it or disliked it or you know uh, agreed with the story or where it took a lot of the characters I think overall um, I just appreciate the fact that it's someone else's take on this universe it's someone else's take on these characters and to me I think overall it's <laughs> I saw my opportunity and I took it it's, <laughs> It's difficult for me to say objectively that it's a better film than Force Awakens because when I left, I, I thought the story took a lot more chances and went in a lot more unexpected directions than The Force Awakens did. But I think The Force Awakens is a very well-made film. I think it's a, a very competent film mm-hmm. uh, in, in all the production aspects and the, the acting and everything else like that and the story, uh, basic story template. So it wasn't like... The Last Jedi to me is this like, you know, leaps and bounds improvement over The Force Awakens because I think that was still a strong core. But to me, I just think the story was a lot ballsier, for lack of a better word. Um, And I don't want to say it was ballsier, like in a messier way, but it's almost like. (laughs) It's almost like. It, it wasn't. It didn't seem to me as as calculated or as coldly calculated that it was uh, something that was thought up. Um, even though it, you know it's debatable whether or not it was, but it didn't seem like filmmaking by committee. It seemed like Ryan Johnson. You know, although Kathleen Kennedy might be the gatekeeper or the key holder, and everything has to go through her. It it felt to me like that was his vision, and someone gave him a lot of creative freedom. And took a lot of chances to say, okay, we're going to totally, just like we've been talking about the last little while, subvert every expectation that these fans going into this movie might have. Well, and some fans are really going to appreciate that, and some fans are really well, going to push the back. The three people that. that have a say over Star Wars, I think it's the screenwriter, obviously Kathleen, and we can't count out JJ. We can't count him out. He is an executive producer on Was Star he an Wars. executive producer on Last Jedi? All of them. From now on, he is the executive producer on Star Wars. Word on the street about Kathleen is that as long as you kiss her ring, she'll let you do whatever you want. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Because I just read an article, actually, about uh, Lord and Miller's firing and about someone else got... Oh, Colin Trevorrow got fired. And they're like, the simple fact is 
they didn't treat her like a freaking queen, and she didn't like that. So they ben, were like, "No, I think they tried to." Well, no, I can't even say it. What if I told you that Kathleen Kennedy is standing right behind you right now? <laughs> I kiss her fucking ring, man. Oh, hey, Katie. All right, I would. I would definitely agree with the fact that this film didn't feel like it had bullet points kind of like the force awakens did for me where it felt like there were certain certain key things that they hit purposely to just appease and make people feel like okay this is star wars okay they're gonna have the same feel as as a new hope very much so when going through force awakens i felt like that i felt like you'd see something happen you'd be like okay you know you know make a check mark like stamp that on the bingo card like there were certain things you were expecting and they gave you what you expected this didn't feel like that this felt a lot more freeform yeah yeah i agree entirely well i think that the way i kind of looked at it and i think we touched on this before but like when i left the force awakens and i saw it i think like two or three times in theaters and you know we we talked about it i think for probably what about two or three hours <laughs> over the course of a couple casts and you know i've seen it since um it just felt like at the end of that okay there's these directions the story can go in and i think there's that hypocrisy among a lot of star wars fans where it's you want something new or you say you want something new but ultimately you kind of cling to the familiar i know i i feel the exact same way like walking out of last jedi and seeing what happened like i had a peg that snoke is plagueis uh you know ray is a skywalker and you know we're gonna have this kind of setup and then ultimately episode nine you know, Kylo is going to either get defeated or he's going to get, you know, redeemed. Uh, redeemed or whatever. And, you know, it's going to almost kind of follow the template of, you know, these the, the trilogies we've had come before. So to be put in a position now at the end of Last Jedi or walking out of the theater where, you know, I don't know, like part of me, I really wanted Rey to be Rey Skywalker. I wanted her to say, I got your really? lightsaber, Dad. Yeah, like, part of me, like, I really wanted that. That was literally but, the only thing that I was hoping for out of this movie. I tried my best to not expect anything in particular, and for Ray to not be anyone special was the only thing that I was hoping for out of this mm -hmm. movie, honestly. Yeah, I think there is that, like I said, and it's kind of like, I don't want to say like a, a, a guilty thing, but like a self-aware thing that I knew going in, like, I had all these expectations, and I, you know, I wanted the big epic, uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. Like, I wanted that. I wanted that at the I end, you know. Too. I totally did. And, and there was all these things that I wanted. And when they didn't happen, I was... Part of me was bummed, but <laughs> I was also... I appreciate where they took the story. But that being said, this is the last thing I'll say about it, too, and maybe you guys can, um, you know, add your thoughts... The Last Jedi, to me, I think I said this after our first screening, did not feel like the second movie in a trilogy. To me, it almost felt like the beginning of something bigger. It didn't feel like the part two and part three is going to conclude all these plot points they have dangling um, in a, like a satisfactory way. It almost felt to me like the uh, you know the first act of 
five or six films or something like that. It just didn't feel to me like the second film in... Well, and one of the criticisms that I've read is that this trilogy or this set of films isn't really as defined. It's They're kind of finding the story as they're going along. I don't yeah. know if there's any truth to that. I'm not saying there is or there isn't. But, I think there is. Um, I, I think that's kind of an interesting take on it. There is zero truth to that. Okay. All right. You just say okay. Argue with me, damn it. <laughs> All right, no. It's, it's going to be a trilogy. It's going to be wrapped up in a bow at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I you could say that. I also think that that movie right there just shows that they had no plans for episode nine. I think there are I think there's an idea where it ends. I think they know exactly there's where an they idea. It to end. There's an idea, but they did some choices in this where oh man, it it really threw you for a loop. I think I have no I think idea. What, I think their goal was to leave it to a point where they didn't have people to a T planning out, you know, this is what's going to happen with this character, and this character is going to do this, and that character is going to do that. Like I think they were trying to lead it in a direction where so, it could go several different places, so that people weren't expecting exactly one thing right. and then disappointed yes. when they didn't get what they wanted. The biggest thing is I think they want to do something that people are still shocked at. Right. And you don't put the shock in the middle; you put the shock at the end. Mm-hmm. It's the best sure. way to do it. Um, I think that's what they're going for. There was nothing shocking about this movie. And like we would say with, you know, no, I am your father. That, that I mean, wasn't there. Uh, it was, I mean, Snoke dying was kind of... That was pretty That was shocked. a shock, but that, that's level. still not I am your father level. I don't think True. so. True. It didn't make me feel... But that was in a middle movie. No, Why'd you have to end it with a really bad fight scene, too? Okay, uh, Matt and I had a long conversation <laughs> about that earlier. What bad I, fight scene? The Praetorian Guard fight scene. I was very that was disappointed amazing. by that fight scene. That was the, the so first time I saw sloppy it, as far yeah. as choreography goes. The first time I saw that, I was I was like, because yeah, it's so trained. cool. It had some cool moments, but it had the same issue okay. to me that a lot of... In terms of cinematography... It, it had a, issues to me in the same vein that Marvel movie fight scenes have to me, where it's a lot of quick, close movements that you can't really see. I mean, look back to the prequel trilogy... And Ewan McGregor was so excited to choreograph all the scenes. He was bending their, their practice lightsabers and stuff at like every turn because he was he was so excited and he was smashing and getting all into it. And they were it just felt like there was a lot of choreography and you could see all the things that were happening. You know, there were so many scenes in in the prequel trilogy where they're zoomed way back and you can see a bunch of excess environment around well, and everything well, those are usually CGI. and they're and they're moving they're moving through the scene and you can see them like I, doing like complex choreography and that scene no, didn't feel like that to no me. i know what you're Cut saying i agree with that makes sense that so, makes sense because actually. in a lot of ways the way that i look at it is this new sequel trilogy that we're in the midst of right now is almost i would say a devolution in the the fighting style and the choreography of the lightsaber, like Absolutely. To, to me, if you look at the original um, or the original, sorry, whoa, 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 take it back. <laughs> the prequel trilogy. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> um, no, no, you won't. <laughs> no, I won't. If you go back and you watch the the prequel trilogy, though, that was very much Jedi at the height of it being an order, and these guys right. are trained. They're masters, you know. They're master fighters. They've got all these different fighting styles, and the way that that was choreographed, like, I, you got to give George Lucas credit. Like visually, those are very interesting fights. Like, still the 
Anakin Obi-Wan fight from Revenge of the Sith yeah, is yeah. amazing. I was thinking about that after watching the this film. The to me, yeah. But the last two movies we've seen now in this current trilogy, the lightsaber stuff is very understated. Yeah. It's it's very uh kind of when it happens, it's visceral and it's not there's not so much a focus on the uh the ballet of it per se. It's more of a brute force. This is a weapon I'm going to use to kill you or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um and I mean, I totally agree. They're they're really, and you would think at this point there's really no one around right now to really teach our current, you know, people we're following to be that. I mean, Kylo mm-hmm. should know at least. No, but but even even with his lightsaber, which is one of the Luke things, Luke wasn't properly trained how to fight with the lightsaber. No. Well, and you look back though, he wasn't. Who all, trained him? Well, all of the true. fights. All the lightsaber battles from the original trilogy had that same type of cadence that they do from the new one. Maybe a little bit more refined than this current uh, trilogy has. Like you said, it, it's almost a, a it's a lot more raw. I feel like, and yeah, to, to that's me, the best way to phrase it. now yeah. I will say they all felt more raw. But I like the way the big Ray versus Kylo fight was filmed as opposed to the Praetorian Guard scene. Right. That that felt so. There were so many people involved that it was a lot of really quick cuts back and forth between the two clusters of guards and the people. You weren't able to actually enjoy any full choreography. It was all, okay, three people got swept down in one strike, or somebody got grabbed and then something needed to happen really quickly. It's one of the few times you see kind of an organized cluster of lightsaber fighting in the whole movie. One of the only times you see it in the whole movie I'm gonna have to and see and this like and you really don't get to see it at all. I don't know what movie you guys watched because I remember lots of wide shots in that scene. So I mean, maybe I'm misremembering at this point, but I remember like the the scene began on a wide shot, and I remember it being very intensive. And while it's not spinny spinny lightsaber battles, it's very like 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 Jason said, visceral. And, so and I have like there's a featurette they released that showed some very intense training and choreography so while it may have looked messy i have to assume it was choreographed to no, look messy like what, the, do, it didn't do I, show what, any of the choreography well, though what i want to say about that scene is it's not about the lightsaber combat it's just fucking combat these are people out to fucking kill it's each about other the emotion of and they showed that they said this but is they're just, supposed that's to what be, they showed is it's just I, people I trying, to trying to kill each other build on yeah, they really were just trying to kill each other i want this to be like an did. imperial guard super well trained fighter and it felt like they were a cluster of like goon ninjas from an well, 80s one they were right they, they, they nearly they, killed they, them one thing I have to just interject, though, and I don't know if you guys caught this, uh, just as a brief aside here, but that was one moment where I kind of laughed out loud. I don't know if Colin remembers you sitting next to me, but, like, I don't know if it was if me looking at it the wrong way, because, like I said, I've only seen it the one time, but, like, I just remember this Praetorian guard, like, falling into this vent and then exploding. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, did, did, I, did I see that correctly? Yeah, that turbine. That was, he, he had a turbine. Yeah, yeah. And, I know, and, like, they but showed it. The fact was, that they showed the, 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 up, like, the upthrow of, it was like, like something the fabric. Out of, it was, like, something out of, like, Tremors. What? It was, no, like, but... <laughs> both, both, both viewings, the whole theater laughed at that. Yeah, no, but it's like, whoa. They really showed the desperation involved with your main characters, at least, yeah, of, like, did. fighting these people. Because here's the thing. That, that was huge. The prequel trilogies, while spinny spinny lightsabers are cool, they never meant a thing. 
There's no. It was always just a lightsaber right. fight. Right. This was so it much was more passionate. Never, the in, choking in that strikes, was going. On. In Empire was Strikes huge. Back, it was when, desperation. When Luke and Vader are fighting, there's nothing fancy happening. It's but all you power. Feel strikes. the emotion. You feel the power shifting between them, and it's the same way in this fight in the in Snoke's Hall, where yeah, I mean, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing great. It's nothing spinny spinny, but it's it's powerful and and strong and emotional and it's the story of two characters coming together yeah right before they are ripped apart yeah right right right. in that way too i think it it actually echoes a point that uh mark and matt made uh when we did the force awakens cast and and i remember now i think we were actually talking about the kylo's lightsaber and how it kind of almost like represented like a medieval like a long sword you know Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different it's kind of more of an unwieldy weapon and i feel like that plays into his character so well. Whoever mm-hmm. designed that aspect of J. J. it, J.J. Abrams, um, it, it it is really clever because it, it does it, it says a lot about his character. Uh, which also, in my opinion, I think the character of Kylo Ren immediately. I mean, I was a, a, not an apologist, but I definitely was defending his character in Force Awakens. And at this point, I mean, I think he's one of the greatest. Oh yeah. You know, not necessarily even villain because you can't even really say that. I just think he's, he's one of the, the most multifaceted character. Characters. Most interesting yeah. character Star Wars has ever done is Kylo Ren. He's definitely for sure the antagonist now. Yes, for sure the antagonist. But it's not. I still don't feel like it's a hundred percent. I mean, there's really no one else to take his place. I know we're we're running out of time on this topic, Colin. But really quick, I did want to compare my. Uh, just I, I everyone said everything I thought pretty much. The one thing I did want to say really quick is that while and I I have to see it more. I was hoping to see it once more before the, the we we got to record this, but I was busy. While right as of now, I think the Last Jedi is the best picture over the Force Awakens. Not in general, not overall. I just mean over the Force Awakens, Last Jedi wins best picture. But I think Best Director is won by J.J. I thought, and we talked about this on, on Colin on Keegan and Friends podcast with Keegan Dameron. Yes. And Poe uh, Dameron? Hmm? Poe Dameron? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Which he's stoked about, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure he is. So we, uh, we talked about it, and I, I while I, I, I love The Last Jedi, I love everything about it, I, I thought it was an incredible movie, and I disagree with all the Patricks. But I, <laughs> I know a few more. Probably. I think I think the direction that the Force Awakens had, the character, I I I'll always love J.J. Abrams as a director, and I I think he can evoke a better response out of certain actors than Ryan Johnson could in this situation. Maybe it was because maybe it was because J.J. was with them first, and they were used to J.J. already, and then they got Ryan. But I I, I felt like J.J. just worked better with the actors. I think J.J. Builds a, a sandbox for the actors to play in. Sure, yeah. I think that's his strongest suit as a director. Oh, absolutely. Is he lets the actors find their characters. From what I've heard, Ryan Johnson kind of put his foot down more often. Well, I've actually read... Um, I, I It partly came from interviews with the actors, but also just kind of people that were involved in the production, um, that Ryan Johnson could recite the movie to you from you know his his head, he had the entire movie, scene to scene, all the dialogue in his head. This is how it's going to be, and that makes sense. We don't know that. I don't know the truth in that. I don't know Ryan Johnson personally, but um, yeah, like you said, a little bit different from 
maybe the atmosphere on The Force Awakens, and we'll be on episode nine. I mean, and that, that lines up with a lot of what Mark Hamill had been kind of coming forward saying, uh, you know, earlier on in the process of the film. He talked a lot about disagreeing initially with with his view of where Skywalker would have gone, and that he had to kind of find find his place in those guidelines to play. You know, mm-hmm. so we talked a lot about the directors here, but there is a overarching flagship that we need to talk about here is Disney. No. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, we need yeah, to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to get it. DMC take down. Yeah, this is actually, uh, I think it was, was it Matt? Something you wanted to talk about was how how the saga has changed since the Disney well, uh, takeover. Well, yeah, Matt, how has the saga changed since oh, God. Disney? You two are going to fight. We're oh, going to fight. And it's, <laughs> and it's not even necessarily <laughs> a Disney. TV before you fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice TV. Thank you. It's not even necessarily a Disney thing. It's... It's something that I noticed in Force Awakens that I was expecting it to be a little bit fluffier, have a lot of little goofy gags to try to just appease everybody, make it a light feel. This movie, from start to finish, did not feel like it needed those. But it had so many crammed in. Like, Finn running out of the med bay and spraying water all over the place or the weird seal milky thing i forgot the name quadra titty milk seal there we go okay (laughs) coming soon to toys r us near you (laughs) i hope for it yes (laughs) when jar jar actually stuck his head in the turbine and his tongue got all like yeah i mean come on disney (laughs) oh wait that's why i said i don't think it's necessarily a disney problem i think it's just something i wasn't expecting out of but you want to talk about the the disney problem no, I, I, I hear what he's saying, and I want to remind him and Patrick that... <laughs> Patrick, i got to tell him now. <laughs> he's got to listen to him. I've got to tell him. We gonna... want to remind him and Patrick... So Patrick the is the trilogy. seventh member of this podcast, I'm I feel. literally... Of humor. It right? was filled with humor. The original trilogy was never this dark, gritty tale of, of revenge and space politics it was a family fun movie even the darkest of them all empire was still fun and funny at times and it's just granted were the jokes a little more on the nose this time yes in some spots certainly i think it's also i think it also came out in 2017 i mean yes i think that's the kind of confusion that i also changed Sorry, sorry. Right. I think it's the confusion that like me and a lot of other fans have is that the humor was so on the nose. I did I enjoy like that beginning scene between Poe and Hux. It's yeah. like <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I'm laughing right now. See, okay, I guess I did giggle at that a little. Yeah, that like, was that was that was very Han. That was so Han. That that's, yeah. that's how I felt. Exactly. Well, no, and it, it was Han because Han did the same fucking thing with the stormtroopers. Yeah. In episode four, kind of, kind of similar, similar. It's like uh, situation normal. Uh, how are you? <laughs> yeah, that it's like, it's vaguely yeah, very Han. Yeah. There was w- one that stood out to me was the uh, the C 
Just crack it. Crack it. <laughs> yeah. We're sinking our audio, Jason. Guys, I hope you know you're sinking our audio. Up, we're drinking beer. In fact, I can't remember a sci-fi cross-section where we don't drink. Since what the was, beginning, we what drink. Was the one where you yep. drink like 15 no, 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 rolling no. rocks? <laughs> I just want to... That was for, a bad horizon. And you're like, I'm going to drive home. We're like, no, you're not. <laughs> for the episode 10 Cloverfield Lane, I celebrated by drinking 10 Cloverfield <laughs> Rolling Rocks. <laughs> Uh, I missed that one. He's not joking. He's not joking. He drank so many I, beers. I drank oh, more God. than ten Rolling Rocks. It was I always a, Rolling Rock too. He, he I drank don't know why. So many yep. The sad thing is, listen to that episode. You won't be able to tell. No, you won't. No, I'm very articulate. Very cognizant. There was one one phrase that you. <laughs> or kept you're just saying. belligerent from the start. I'm just <laughs> there, no, no. There was one phrase that you kept <laughs> saying. <laughs> I guess we'll all have to. Well, just, we'll have to... Sealed. Oh, no. <laughs> if you like podcasts, listen to Sci-Fi Cross Sections episode whatever, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and you'll get to hear me more. Uh, <laughs> listen to episode The Denver Broncos. I, think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one ever came but also, But also listen to my favorite episode, which happens to be Event Horizon. That's my favorite that episode. God, I Let's talk about Star Wars. So, there was... There was the gag where C-3PO was telling him the odds, and Poe interrupts him, and he, like, forcefully finished yes! saying the okay. odds. Yes, okay. That felt like a Star Wars gag. That felt like a classic Star Wars gag to me. I love and that. there were a couple that hit that same note, and then a few that hit a more modern note. Like, the way Poe did that definitely was kind of reminiscent of Han, but it was more modern, like, <sighs> version of it, I would say. Definitely. Comedy's Ooh. changed. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think it's a bad thing. No. I just mean, um, like... It didn't. That 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 Finn gag was the only one that felt weird. The to me Finn gag so. felt really weird, and the gambling city felt weird to me. Okay, yeah. I did oh, I not talk about how much Cantobite sucks. I just was see, but honestly, and I so I think the problem is Canto that we agree on most of that, but sorry, over different reasons. <laughs> you got to isolated, so you I can love, just insert them. I love the world building in Cantobite. I thought everything about that was fantastic. I thought everything about Finn and Rose needs to be cut from that fucking We movie. did not need a 45-minute diversion to the casino planet. They needed something for Finn to do. I thought, here's the, here's the thing, everyone. Here's my controversial statement of the day. The Last Jedi would be better if Finn flew into a fucking cannon. I am in 100% agreement Would have been you. a lot better of a movie. I was so very upset when Rose crashed into his space car. What's I... That? thought that was a great moment but i thought her follow-up line was terrible yeah i liked when she said i was saving you dummy and then she and then did scene this. scene fucking <laughs> right right there you can even have her talk about you can even have her talk about doing things for love it, a platonic yeah. heroic no, love not only that stupid no. line was it the kiss like, was it the kiss us- the, was like, it the kiss that bothered you? That, that saves that wins yeah. the war. Like that was, was it the, the no, kiss yeah. that bothered you? The oh, absolutely yeah. because okay, I love I love every answer. person in this room, but I'm not about to fucking kiss you on the lips. Don't do it. Wait, what? They didn't need to make their relationship. <laughs> then why am I romantic? even doing this? But you don't. You, think, yeah, it doesn't need to be romantic. Been That's fine the point. If it was romantic, but it didn't feel romantic at all right. until that happened. Discover the romance in the next film. Yeah. Not it that soon. Never, it like didn't really come up. It I agree never with developed. That. I agree with that. And it just was there all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our talk on Disney turned into yeah. a talk on Rose and Finn. Yeah. Oh, I God. just was I think, really... I think they were trying to just avoid making it. Yeah. 
Is that Disney's fault? Is that really? That's not yeah. even Disney's fault. No, it's not Disney's fault. Because you're right. You're right. Disney does not have a say. It really is Kathleen. And, I, and I believe JJ didn't even leave Finn with much to do. I like, like I'm sure the movie's very different than what it would have been. But I, I'm, I feel like Ryan's like, what do I do with this fucking you know what? character? It's kind of funny you say that. Is Poe Dameron was the character that was supposed to be killed off in the Force Awakens, right? And ended up they <laughs> saved him because they found out he's a very interesting character because. Oscar Isaac is a good actor. However, possibly the Finn. Best actor Finn, honestly, isn't that interesting of a character? Well, no, he's I, really I, not. He was I interesting think, in the Force Awakens because he had stuff to do. He was yes. because he was with Rey. This one, exactly. it was all very forced. Well, yeah, I agree. And and the thing forced. is, I mean, I <laughs> Finn, I understand how they're trying to set up what they're trying to do with episode 9. I wouldn't be surprised if going into episode 9 there's a time jump. I think there might be I as, hope so. They there need, might they be need a significant one. time one. jump because they everything one. they did with like uh Poe Dameron's character arc, he is the next admiral. Yes. That was everything that they were Which setting up with that. Brings me back to my speculation of well, you speculate fin- later. You finish your No, thought. no, but but I mean, I, I kind of understand with a lot of the arcs that were presented in The Last Jedi, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to set the characters up. I think that of all of them, I definitely agree with everyone uh, that the whole Finn Rose character arc or story arc was just... That that was what worked probably the least for me out of the yeah. whole film. Um, but in as far as character stuff, for the rest of the, you know everyone that was, excuse me, represented... Um, Especially Luke, we really didn't get an opportunity to touch on it, but for as much bitching and moaning as Mark Hamill seemingly did regarding the making of this movie and the way that you know his character was portrayed and the creative differences between him and Ryan Johnson, I thought he gave one of the best performances Mark yeah. Hamill has ever oh, it was given. Oh, I mean, Mark Hamill obviously his voice work is legendary, and you know he's been in other films and done cameos and you know done other performances, but. He he nailed it. Like I believed it. I, I never felt like I was watching Mark Hamill. I was watching Luke Skywalker. Well, yeah. Two things: a he grew as a person and as an actor, and two, George Lucas wasn't the director. And I also and I think like... George Lucas stifles actors' um, creativity oh, a lot. Absolutely, probably does. I think this was a combination of two: a Mark Hamill's better. And he was, and two. Well, it's a way. Are you doing direction. that on purpose? I think I, I just got it. I'm sorry. Two. You're saying A and then two. Are you doing that on purpose, or is this somehow like a weird coincidence? I had no problem with with Finn and Rose's uh, story. I thought it was a great story. The Wait, only thing that I didn't really like bad. was that they had like they had definitely made a connection, but there was no there was no like relationship building there. Well, she had all the hero like worship a, of Finn. And then apparently that was just mounting tension for her. Finn didn't care. It just came out and then it was like, well, I'm going to plant one on you because this is my only chance. I mean, he did seem like... Surprised. I did really like the the hero worship portion of her. That was cool. Absolutely. That, they, they, but that it was could have been portion. such a smaller character. She was in so much of the movie. I literally was like, I saw her crying in the cockpit at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, God, please don't let this girl be a character. I said, wait, I said, wait, I I thought she died. Why is she back? (laughs) Even if it was just the, like, shock Finn, drag him away, and, like, turn him in, and then Finn goes off and does some adventure, and it just, it shows somebody who is disenchanted to a hero. So, I was excited for, uh, what's her name, uh, 
Rose? Is it Kelly Marie Tran? Calamari? Like that. That's a different... Wow! No. Wow, no, but uh, well, the character Rose. Yes, yeah, so it's I was like that. Very much the same flavor added to the film as John Boyega does. The same character as Finn. Sure. Very quirky, pretty much out of their element. Sure. But we had Finn for that. Right. We had Finn for that. And they added her, and honestly, she's, she's probably going to be a more interesting character than Finn. And you know hopefully, she just really doesn't wake up. You know what would have made her really interesting is if Finn fucking flew in front of into a cannon. That would have made Rose really interesting. Going. Into that would have made him a martyr. Actually, yeah, she probably would have been because more then she would have had that he like hero worship again. Yeah. And then her Literally. and Liam Numb would be sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. I thought he died. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they no he in fucking the didn't. No, you're right. Liam Numb never dies. <laughs> no. Well, he was the true dude. dark. Lord Funny himself. enough, though, because like that, that was one of the things, too. Like There's just so much, and that's why we did a, a two-hour podcast on the last one, but um, like, just things we haven't even talked about, like, you know, you, you've got... Uh, these legendary original trilogy characters that were just unceremoniously killed off. The Admiral Akbar getting sucked out into space. And it's just like, it's it's not even an on-screen, you know, death, basically. Um, just, it's just kind of interesting stuff like that. I feel like that also kind of um, highlights Ryan Johnson's whole burn it down, you know, watch the world burn type uh, attitude towards the canon and the established story uh, with this. But I don't know. I don't... They were going to such great lengths to not reinforce the whole. You gotta. One of the main characters has to self sacrifice and fly into the big thing and blow it up, and then the, everyone's like, woo, but uh I don't. Like, they were going to great lengths to try and well, reinforce about... that that's not. They can't just do that but over here's the and deal. over again. Like, nothing in The Last Jedi happens, and we, we talked about this earlier, nothing in The Last Jedi happens because it subverts tropes. It happens because it's interesting. It, it's just a great thing that the it's it's just a great thing that the interesting thing just so happens to be subverting tropes. Mm. The interesting thing in that situation was not Finn surviving. The interesting thing would have been Finn flying into a cannon. In fact, I'm willing to bet that was Ryan Johnson's original plan. I mean, I think, and I'm willing right. to bet Kathleen Kennedy drew maybe. the line there and said, "Nah, we maybe need Joe Bodega for the rest of them." I, I, Joe Bodega, that would have, and that would have reinforced that. For Poe as well, he was the one in that situation saying, "Don't do that. Don't fly mm-hmm. into that. Oh that would have made an interesting Don't pull away." For and for for you to be like, "All right, something's gonna happen. He's gonna get pulled away at the last second or whatever," and then he just flies right into that cannon. Would have been incredible. That would I would have been a my jaw. That would have been the icing on the cake for me in that movie. That would have been what? my jaw dropping, and it would have made everything on Canto Bite worth it. And Luke could have still shown up and fought Kylo at the end. Okay. And really fought it. I have a question. I I have a question. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So to riff off of this, and this might have been part of the plan, but I definitely want to cover this if this is the only cast we do on this movie. It won't be. The biggest thing is I want everyone's opinions on how everyone viewed Luke's arc. Because to me, going into this, we, we talked about expectation and how that's a double-edged sword. But for me, I think the biggest thing going into this film was, and I might have talked to a couple of you about it going into it. I know I talked to coworkers and you know family members and everything else. Is I don't want to be spoiled on this. I need to see it opening night because I want to know what happens to Luke. I want to see it in the theater. I don't want it spoiled. I don't want it ruined. 
because there is such such a level of ex- expectation coming from you know, like I said, over thirty years having uh, you know not seen this character on screen. I was really excited, and um, to me, there were certain scenes that evoked like a response from me. Like I think the scene where uh, uh, the Force Ghost of Yoda. Uh, comes down or whatever, and then lights the tree on fire. Like that was I got, I got chills. Yeah, like that, that was, was so good. That, that was, was heavy because it's the same type of thing. Like if you think, and I mentioned this in the Force Awakens uh, cast we did a couple years ago. Like just the uh, amount of like gravity in that scene. Like you got to think about the history. You know, beyond just us in 2017 seeing that in a movie theater. Like there, there is history there. That's a cultural milestone in a lot of ways. A uh, pop culture milestone. Uh, you know Yoda and and uh, Luke and how ingrained all that kind of is in society yeah. even, yeah. and then to see that moment and have those characters reuniting and you know realizing that the story's just continued you know for better or worse it's the same story thirty years later like to me moments like that were great and then you had other moments where you know uh, later on um, after he does the force projection and then you know you've got that awesome kind of harken back to a new hope where. He's looking at the sunset or whatever, yeah, and then binary sunset. Like that was moments cool. like that, that cool. I thought that was just it was genius. But I know mm-hmm. that those moments that I loved from the film are also some of the critics' biggest problems with it. So I was kind of curious what you guys thought of just those scenes in, in particular, the arc overall. Okay, it all made sense. Yes, there's it's the same thing I said earlier. It made sense within the means of the story, therefore it worked. Did it not make... Did, in how I knew Luke before, based on older books that I read and, you know, based on how I thought it may go, no, it didn't make any sense in my head. But in the context of the narrative, it made perfect sense. Yeah. So why critique it? Be- the only reason to critique it is because your butt hurt. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing I wish was different, I wish that he had had a slightly earlier turning point. I agree. It might have been nicer. Because I think that... It seemed a little quick for him to learn his lesson, not even like through Ray or by himself, but it seemed like Yoda told him exactly what he needed to hear, and then it was like, okay, I'm going to astral project across the galaxy, and then now I'm one with the Force. Like, the astral projection. It, it seemed like it was kind of fast for how long it took him to have, he was by himself on that island for so long. And then Ray showed up, and you spent two thirds of the movie with him being obstinate about everything. And then it's like, then she leaves, and then he learns his lesson, and then all of a sudden he's one with the Force. Like it just seems so fast, you know. I wish that his turn came a little earlier, and maybe it was just slower upcoming. I wish that he would have raised the X-wing out of the water and flown it to the they planet. They wanted you to expect that. Well, the yeah, thing I'm is, just though, too. I didn't even put A and B together, but that X-wing never would have flown. He took parts off of it for those huts. Like the door was part of the X-wing. I did not realize. I didn't that. realize because that. yeah, because I was fully expecting that too. But there was no way for him movie to of the year. Left. Given the all there was no way for him to have even left the. <laughs> but island. see, they they made you think that that X-wing was going to come out of that <laughs> sure. water, but it didn't, and that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one one question I have uh, really briefly. Um, and I might be ignorant to this, but uh, one thing that bothered me is how did he physically place the dice in Leia's hand? He didn't. She, yeah, they were an she illusion. She knew it was an illusion. 
Did you? Okay. you I missed that. That would have to be the I, only explanation. I, because paid, it's, yeah. I paid extra attention to that my second viewing. Uh, was kind of her, like, she kind of realizes it and then looks at him and they have, like, a moment. Okay. It, like, hits her. Okay. Know. Well, that actually... I can't wait to watch this movie again. Yeah. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I'm only, I can't I'm wait to watch it again. Uh, based on just this recording of this podcast uh, alone, we're wrapping up, aren't we? We are wrapping up. Uh, I we didn't even get to talk about Admiral Hode Holdo. 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 Yeah. Holdo. Holdo. Well, well, no. Here, here's no, the thing. No, no. That's here's the thing. She's such a good character. We're She's really great. gonna go around the table here, and I want you to give as brief as you can your final speculations of where the series is going to go. Don't talk about the Last Jedi. Talk about the next film, which is stupid, according to Ryan Johnson. The next, film. yeah, no, no, no. I, I want, you, I want you to just kind of speculate a little bit because, no, for sure. as much as I hate speculation, it is fun from time to time. Uh, and then, aside from that, I also want you to give your final thoughts on the Last Jedi. And you don't have to go into. You already went into detail. Good little... sci-fi or bad, right? Yeah, yeah. let's go into good sci-fi or bad at that point. Yeah. Can I start? Um, yeah, you can start. Okay, so uh, I would say good sci-fi, I thought it was, and this is, might be controversial, but I thought it was great Star Wars. Um, I personally think if I had to rank them, I like Last Jedi's story and kind of the unexpected nature of it better than Force Awakens but as I said before I think they're they're actually a lot closer in terms of the, the overall quality of the movies um, I, I liked it a lot I can't wait to watch it again I can't wait to watch Force Awakens and then immediately put on Last Jedi I can't Ooh. wait to watch them you know back to back and see tonally how they differ and, and kind of how they hold up now as one bigger story oh yeah in terms of the setup I think it was really interesting, kind of ballsy, ballsy um, move to end it on Canto Bite again with the stable hand pulling the broom with the force, mm-hmm. and then looking up to the you know the sky, and then uh, almost kind of holding that broom because I mean that that whole scene was framed to look that way. It looks like he's holding a lightsaber, right? The little course, kid, yeah. you know, looking up to the sky, and um, that is the moment I kind of thought in my head, I already started speculating before I was even out of the theater, that there will be some sort of time jump in episode 9. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be uh, a year, five years, ten years, whatever, but there will be some sort of time jump uh, more significant than what we've seen with the, you know literally days, if if that, immediately right after uh, Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, and I think that I don't think we've seen the last of Snoke. Nope. I feel like Kylo Ren will not end up as a villain. I don't see him dying in episode 9. I don't think Kylo Ren gets killed or gets um, bested by Rey in some way. I see him I see him becoming an even more complex character. I, I, I don't see his arc being that cut and dry based on what they're doing thus far with this series. Oh, definitely not. Um, I think that at least the first part of 9 is going to focus on kind of uh, how the resistance has rebuilt itself, and all of these characters now we've come to know in these two films, kind of embracing whatever their overall roles are. In terms of like how it's going to end, it's really hard to say. I thought I knew, I thought I had the arc going into this film, but after seeing the Last Jedi and thinking about it, I think really speculating on the villain or the ultimate 
you know, end of this trilogy is kind of futile at this point because I really don't know where they're going to go with it. They are rapidly hurtling towards Grey Jedi. (laughs) I I will say, though, I honestly see... Right now I'm speculating that I think Kylo's going to end very much in a Vader-style ending. I think he's his character, somebody who admired Vader so much throughout the films, is going to die fighting Snoke coming back. Like, it's going to be like a he sacrifices himself style Vader way. Okay. That's the way I honestly, after leaving this movie, that's the way I'm seeing it in my mind, at least. Okay. But that could be way off. Because I was not expecting could be. this film. Or maybe all, you're so. thinking trilogy when it's. Pro- this may not be a trilogy. It is a trilogy, oh. Colin. Okay. They said it, it is. Hmm. Ryan Ryan Johnson's new trilogy is a new trilogy. It's separate from this trilogy. Oh, you think this is the start of the new trilogy? No. What? No. <laughs> he thinks it's the end of the new trilogy. No, no, actually, no, he actually no. just said the exact opposite. No, I honestly oh, <laughs> no, but, make a really no, good joke. But seriously, I don't think that uh, <laughs> this feels different than the standard trilogy format. And I understand, but if it wasn't for the fact that they've openly said this is a trilogy. I would say you have some kind of point there, but I mean they've openly said this is a trilogy. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't think, even know how. I know we like. How to, does it feel like it? We like. It's not a regular trilogy. Because this felt very much of breaking away from the old, which you do in the first installment. They did it in the second. This didn't feel like uh, to me, and again, it just could be me, but this didn't feel like a second act really to me. It it, it had. It had these weird kind of shades of being almost a concluding chapter, like this was the end of a trilogy or the end of like a, a you know prolonged yeah. storyline. But then it had those elements of it being kind of like you know the second act. But I didn't leave there thinking, okay, they've set the pieces in motion for what needs to happen per se. It, it's almost like at the very end, the last for me, like the last maybe 10, 20 minutes of the movie, fifteen minutes. It opened it up more, actually. It it, it kind of created more of a possibility where instead of me leaving the theater thinking, okay, now there's these four or five plot points that we need answered or wrapped up, it was like, oh, wow, now they they just blew this whole thing wide open. Good sci-fi, Beth. Oh, yeah, it's true. I didn't give it a... I think good sci-fi. Altogether, I think it was a pretty damn good movie. I have my grievances with it, but they're all over stupid shit that... You're, you're over. just a fanboy. Being mad, it's Matt's Patrick. Exactly, Matt's half Patrick. You're Patrick. I'm annoyed <laughs> by little <laughs> gags and jokes that I feel like they leaned a little too far into. That's my biggest grievance. Honestly, yeah. I think the movie was good altogether. Okay, cool. All right, Ben. Uh, I'm gonna get the stuff on the Last Jedi out of the way first. I thought it was a great Star Wars film, great sci-fi film. Uh, my favorite stuff that happened was actually we didn't talk about it all. Was Yoda finally talking about the titties a whole lot? <laughs> I did love the quadra titty milk seal. Quadratitty milk seal. <laughs> um, Trademark. Yoda atoning for his sins finally after all these years. Finally decided to say fuck Jedi and blow that that force tree up. Which I thought was really powerful oh, for the hindsight character. is always twenty twenty. Right, atoning for his sins. That's, yeah, that's not what it was at all. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, he contributed was. greatly to the like the yeah, everything Luke and, said. Yeah, Luke, the, Luke, the, the the arrogance of the Jedi allowing Palpatine to rise to power was all Yoda's fault. 
But he wasn't blowing the tree up to atone for his sins. Yeah, it was. It was showing. He wasn't okay. He wasn't blowing it up to atone. It wasn't like I'm doing this to make myself feel better. He was doing it because it was right, and that is in a way, literally, a him atoning for everything he ever did wrong. And they legitimately talked about the balance of when one side gets stronger, the other side gets stronger. So I think that was the Yoda realizing, oh, the arrogance of us thinking that the Jedi could just be this large and powerful and nothing would happen. Well, it was the arrogance of the Jedi allowing Palpatine. Well, I mean, we the, can get I mean, into the. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, but... in a lot of ways, that like you said, that scene with Yoda, that was actually the culmination, I think, of the main message of the movie, which is, you know, you learn from failure. You're going to fail, and that's okay because ultimately, is what you do with that knowledge. That sure. scene didn't come at the end. That wasn't Luke lecturing Kylo. Per se, it was when Yoda was lecturing Luke. Sure. So it happened in the middle of the film, as opposed to the end. But that was the scene to me. That was that encapsulates the Last Jedi. Is that scene between Yoda and Luke, where he blows the tree up and basically, like you said, kind of in, in one way atones, but also just kind of sums up. Hey, this is what we did wrong. This is the way forward. You know, these these new students or these new Force users are transcending what we can. Which is what I, I'm going to go into my speculation now with. Uh, I think that this is going to culminate into a, a, a real, finally, a real Jedi battle between forces of Kylo Ren and his Knights of Ren, who are still out there and are Ooh. still unaccounted for. And uh, Rey and her new apprentices that she yeah. will have trained over the last 10-ish years. I'm going to say it's going to be a pretty big jump. I think we're going to see the Resistance having really taken a hold of the fight. I really think we're going to see uh, the First Order losing badly because the interesting thing here now is that Kylo Ren is nothing like Vader. Um, I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly on that, Matt, in that I don't think his path is going to end anywhere near Vader's. I think while Vader's path was was precise and calculating, he was a, he was a smart Sith by the end of it. He wasn't as Anakin, but by the end of it, he was smart. Um Kylo Ren is pure chaos, and he's going to represent that harshly upon the world, because as he gets backed into this corner and as things get worse for him, he's going to start ripping shit apart, and he's really going to start devastating the, the entire galaxy. And I think if Snoke comes back, I don't think he will, but if he comes back, it's going to be because he was always a dark side manifestation and was actually no one in particular. Hmm. He was the dark side manifesting yeah. itself to manipulate Kylo Ren. That's too complicated. That's not too complicated. Yeah. They covered it in the Clone Wars. If they can cover it in a children's show, they can cover it in a movie. I think it's I think it's kind of convoluted. No. Go back and watch the Clone Wars. It's very good. Like the the episode, I'll find the episode for you because there's a whole there's a three episode arc with Anakin and Ahsoka. I think I shouldn't say it's too complicated or convoluted. I think that it's unsatisfying people okay. would rather people well, would rather have a character then you tell us to look at your speculation that segues perfectly into Mark's like, words oh it's just the dark side energy of the universe manifested into forcing a character a shiny to do X and Y Amen. I, don't I think th- it's I think it's a I don't think not they'll as ever do something mind. that important in this uh, I would say new trilogy but in this saga that is so heavily based on something outside of the saga. The the whole dark side manif- manifestation 
They won't do that. Okay. Uh, that's, that's my that's, speculation. That's, that's, that's too broad. But Mark, Mark tell Mark, us your speculation. Mark, go ahead. It, go it, yeah, I think that works better <laughs> in, in a uh, television show because they have more time to like build to it or expound upon it. Um, the Force Awakens definitely set up a whole lot, and there was there was so much excitement building off of it. And I, as much as I, I agree, the last some of the turns the movie took at the end definitely didn't feel like a middle movie. It kind of felt more like a, an opening to a whole storyline that was starting from that point. Most of the movie felt like the middle movie to me. Um, I'm definitely I'm very excited to see where things go, and a lot of things were as open as they were, were left to be wrapped up really nicely. And I'm, I'm excited to see how, with how open they kind of left things, I can't wait to see where they take it. Because as hard as I was trying to come into this movie with no particular expectations about what character was going to do, you know, where their, where their character was going to be taken, you know, you, you kind of have some expectations regardless. So I'm excited to see where this goes because I don't know what's going to happen, you know. Disappointed as hell about Phasma. Oh, yeah. Could not be more disappointed. It, especially after... I forget who it was. I think it was Ryan Johnson. Had a statement specifically about everyone complained that there wasn't enough Phasma in the last movie with how big of a character she seemed to be. There's going to be, a, you know, a lot more with Phasma in this movie. There was a, a statement about there, there being more, more Phasma. Phasma yeah, and she had two seconds in the last one. She had a minute had in this four, one. Yeah, four <laughs> in the and then she died but to everyone's benefit. It you saw just, her eye. Yeah. You saw her eye. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It just, I, I don't know. I was pretty let down. I didn't expect her to be a key player in the movie, but I thought there would be something, you know, more to go on. She didn't even die in an interesting way. It was, she fucking knocked Finn down, and then it's like, now I'm behind you, and I'm gonna cheap shot you. What did you call and it? BBA with screwdrivers, like, or was that Keegan that said that? I don't know. I know BBA just fucked some oh, guy God. off a bunch of coins, though. That was oh, that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was just very disappointed by the whole Phasma thing. Um, expectations for for the next movie? Oh yeah. I don't know, man. I I'm nervous about what's gonna happen with Leia, and right off. Uh, a time sure jump really solves that problem. But what are they going to do? She died peacefully in her the, sleep. The well, only original that General Leia is, is on New Alderaan right now. She can't be contacted. Why do you have to kill her character? Not, Why do you have nope, to kill her character? Nope. In fact, someone wrote a great article about this. I'm, I, I don't want to sidetrack us. I'm sorry. Someone wrote a great article saying Ryan Johnson did what everyone should have done, which is immortalize Carrie Fisher forever in the saga. Leia will live forever from here on out. And yeah. I think that's a great thing. It should be in the expanded universe. Should be in other stories. And I think that's beautiful. Why not? So that makes sense. No, it does. Why do you have to kill off her character? You don't. You don't Leia's not there. Off. I just just don't have her in the next film. I, I just then everybody's gonna how... be asking, "Where is Poochie? I mean, where is Leia? <laughs> how are they gonna do that though? Like she's smoothly? Leading, she's leading a republic somewhere else right now. Depending on the time jump, she could be out trying to recruit more people. They couldn't yeah, fucking show literally the only Joe Bodega like they, enough in that movie. It's like it could have been oh yeah, Finn's out somewhere with some woman. Joe Bodega. <laughs> they could have just did that. They Maybe like, they'll both be out. The only member of the original of the original trio, 
laughed. Joe it's Bega. just not going to be in the new movie at all. Like, yeah. They've got to have something. I what guarantee is this morbid you... fantasy of everyone wanting Leia to die because Fisher did? Like, that's morbid. She doesn't she have to, to die. I'm she just saying... has to not be alive anymore. <laughs> I think, I, I think saying, the problem is less of be... a her in real life and more of a Han in the first movie, Luke in the second movie, Leia in the third movie, like showing the passing of the old guard. Well, I think that's just what everybody expects. I just think it'd be weird for her to just, just not, not be there, there anymore. I think you're going to see... I don't see... think she has to die, but for her to just not appear in the next movie at all would just feel not a weird. Anymore. I think that's a good way to, to, to look at it, though, is that I think that that will be the way that they kind of get around it. I think she's just going to be around, but she's not going to be in the movie. You know, she would have been, because obviously it's already been said that, you know, that was supposed to be her showcase movie. Nine was going to be... Leia's movie, she was going to be in it a lot. So obviously they're going to have to tweak it quite a bit. But I guarantee, I I just I know it. Force Ghost, Luke Skywalker will be heavily involved in Episode Nine. Oh, I, I foresee that happening big time. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Among maybe others, I don't know. They brought Yoda back. It'd be really. I would love to see Hayden Christensen. <laughs> As what I'm sure all oh, of you guys. Oh boy. I guess with speculation going forward, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Ryan Johnson did such a good job that I have no idea what's going to, going to happen next. Um, aside from what happened in The Force Awakens going forward to here, um, Poe Dameron's story arc actually played out the way I thought it would. He's kind of being catered towards the, the new head of the Rebellion. Um, I thought they would kill off Carrie Fisher's character. Before Carrie Fisher died, I thought Leia was going to die off this soon. And she didn't. So that's actually kind of interesting to see how it goes forward. But, um... That was something I I had forgotten. That was not a, necessarily an expectation of what would happen, but it was just kind of an assumption that she would pass in this movie, and then Luke would be in the... Final chapter. I just kind of expected no, that, that, that to happen. I thought that too, that actually. It wasn't like sense. I was counting um, on it, you know. I also, the way that Ray's character panned out, for the best, I think that was great. Um, I was hoping that she wasn't related to anyone. Turns out she isn't, uh, so far as we know. Maybe. Well, and JJ Fe- is going to have a big say in that as well. Well, that's so true. So for the time being, um, she's not. But Finn's character, JJ, that's actually a disappointment. Ray um, Abrams. The way that they actually panned out Finn's character is kind of a disappointment. It, it feels very forced. It was a massive underutilization of his character. Yeah, really exactly. He was so good in the Force Awakens. His character, John Boyega, did a great job in the Force yeah. Awakens. It's Joe. In this one. In this one, I was just like, oh, man, really? That's a waste. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like he wasn't written as strongly as he was in TFA. Going forward, I really hope they don't play up that romance between... It was them. a real disgrace to his character. To, like, like you go off on this side mission. <laughs> We're going to have this woman show up, not tell anybody what's happening like a normal person would. And then you're going to go to the casino planet... Gamble a little bit, come back with a maniac. Okay, 
that's all they were doing was was going to find this guy to save the whole rebellion. Hopes and dreams are real the side mission. Real that's all nice they were doing. and real purdy. But what's what else is real nice is a leader who tells you what the fuck is happening. Like we're gonna drift for like five hours and then we're gonna shoot our cargo pods at this salt base. Uh, fuck I mean, you, Vice Admiral Holdo answers to no bitch. Oh god. Ben, but also, do it. do it's it. really great if your commanding officer fills you in on things. The commander officer doesn't he need was, to tell you shit, you take orders. It was a the need whole to know. Point is, it was need to know. He was demoted and he didn't need to know. He thought he was so important, but he wasn't one of the people to be told that stuff because he was at that point just a captain. You're in Look, an amazingly harrowing situation. And they though. showed exactly what a, happens. It was a humbling moment for Poe Dameron. It really was. They That scene will mean something in episode 9. It better. It will mean something in episode 9, I guarantee you. Everything that happens in episode 8 will mean something in 9. And they showed exactly what happens when the people who don't need to know the information get the information. It got handed over to... Yeah. When you give a thief... First order. Pertinent information. Suddenly, most of the rebels ended up dying. Surprise! Ooh. But if they didn't, if they just told them, then they wouldn't go on this suicide mission. Yeah, but the suicide well, mission, if they had well, trusted the rebellion, wouldn't well, have been necessary. All right, so Miller. Well, that's what I mean, Miller. This is your chance <laughs> yeah. here to um, sum up your final thoughts about the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. but also give a little bit of speculation of Episode Nine, right? If you can. Well, as long as we're doing uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Okay. Uh, I said it um, during our uh, Rogue One cast, which might not have ever been released. So I don't think that's it was. A, it actually wasn't. That's a uh, that's really? a like that's a like a it that's wasn't. like a Patreon stretch goal. Like, get us to five hundred thousand dollars a day, <laughs> and we'll release the lost episode. Can we just do yeah? Can we just do like a uh, a cast dump here where we got like six new podcasts? We're gonna go yeah. Down. We actually have that many that's, saved that's up. Fine. We actually have that many saved up to be yeah. honest. I mean, well, no. I mean, hey, let's not get shirty here. We need that money. so uh, Star Star Wars to me will always be good sci-fi unless they do something really weird and go off and like make it medieval in which case it's not sci-fi anymore it's something else but Star Wars to me will always be good sci-fi you know at the end of the day I'm glad episode 8 exists I have are you lad? I'm lad that episode (laughs) 8 exists I I have my gripes with it um the the character of Rose did not care for uh, John Boyega's utilization didn't care for they could have done so much more with him um, I did like Luke's curmudgeon you know broken down mentor mentality you know he really this is what you would expect from a man whose entire mission in life literally was just burning down in front of him. Um, You could expect him to just never, you know, want to try again. You know, I I don't want to go to work when I have a flat tire. And his Jedi Academy got burned down and all of his (laughs) Padawans killed. Like, I can't blame him for not wanting to, like, put any faith in this, like, you know, sand girl just showing up on his doorstep. (laughs) Honestly, um, 
Some of the story beats that I thought were cool, I thought it was fucking awesome when uh, What's-Her-Face light-speeded into <laughs> Snoke's oh. Star Destroyer. I was like, I was like in the theater and like people are clapping and I'm like, I hate people clapping in movie theaters. Yes! It's like, <laughs> I want to be that. I want to be you right now. I want to be like, wow! Like that, that was, scene that was, was one of the best. In a beautiful incredible. silent moment in the theater. Yeah, it was one of it was one of the best suck the air out of the theater moments yeah. I've ever experienced. That was yeah, in a that movie. was incredible. I there are story beats that I liked. There are story beats that I didn't like. There are story beats that I hated. Wait, who here read Aftermath? It it kind of like took a really what I thought was one of the coolest moments in that series and like one upped it. I initially was like, oh man, but. Yeah, that was really cool. It like it it almost made me a little sad because I thought that was one of the coolest we'll things that happened in that story. The coolest thing that this was one of the coolest <laughs> moments that ever happened to Star Wars. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, that oh. was really incredible. And this shows the power of having a new director, a new yeah, writer true. to the series. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking about like Christmas wish lists for Episode Nine. I want to get some kind of closure on Snoke. He oh, doesn't yes. even have to appear yes. anywhere in the yes. thing, but it could have just. It, I just want like somebody to say, "Yes, yeah, Snoke was a ancient, you know, Sith user, or whatever." Nothing, not even as grandiose as that, because like I loved that Snoke was essentially. I, I it's, this is going to come out sounding wrong, but I loved that Snoke was a nobody. And what I mean by that is I'm glad that it wasn't Palpatine and I'm glad that it wasn't Plagueis. I didn't want it to be like somebody who we were, maybe we haven't seen, but weren't, you know, familiar with. And I did not want it to be Palpatine in any sense of that. Um, But I'd like to, I'd like to know a little bit about like Snoke's backstory or history or some kind of something about that which it has to come if it comes in like the expanded universe type yeah. setting i'll be very disappointed that needs to be in episode nine yeah they need to explain we need Snoke. we need it like a like a canon hit for that yeah. um yeah i um i had never considered the possibility of a time jump i think that's the one way to really sort of sell episode nine is that there's a time jump like oh. leia leia is gone you know, the resistance now falls on new people. Like, the only, like, survivor is going to be probably be, like, Chewie at the end of it. Chewie and the droids. Which they've already recasted. And That's a different actor. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a different we actor. We got to put in that clip. Um, so, yeah, it's like we need the torch to be passed down to the new generation of Star Wars. Let, let's say this is a trilogy and... Daisy Ridley and, you know, Poe Dameron. And, Joe Boyega. Yeah, John Bodega. <laughs> Joe Namath. Joe, yeah. Joe Namath never shows back up in an episode of the <laughs> podcast or whatever. Episode podcast. But, you know, he's... Uh, I, we gotta, you know... This is, this is the, like... If it's the last Star Wars movie with these people, you know, we really need something incredible and i i don't think it will be the last you know i'm i'm sure they'll show up in episode 10 11 and 12 or at least maybe episode 10 okay that might be nice and but we're not talking in, in 40 years um right we'll all be old all right well uh i feel like everyone has so much more to say about this movie 
Oh, we all. Yeah, I know. Let's I keep do. going. Yeah. I know. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I know. This is coming on too long. I know. I have more to say, but this is actually a pretty good place to uh, keep going. No, wrap it up. This is it. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, Sci-Fi Cross Sections' uh, first analysis of the Last Jedi. Mm. Next only week we'll be doing Rogue One. <laughs> Part two. I We're actually doing a second episode on Rogue One. No, but uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.